Hello, we're back to another episode of the human side of learning and talent technology. Excited to really jump into trends and topics and, and specific things we see going on in the learning and talent industry. My name's Bennett Jensen from Blue Water. With me, as always, CEO of Blue Water, Chris Bond, and one of our VPs, one of our great long tenured VPs <laughs> with red hair, Tiffany Faulkner. How are you guys doing today? Good, how are you? Doing great. Awesome. Yeah, Tiffany has red hair. I have red beard and kind of red hair. You're red face. Red face. So we we always kind of banter and mess with each ginger other about jokes. being yeah, day walkers or gingers and yeah. not being able to really be in the daylight for more than 20 seconds. It is a so. problem. I, day walkers? It's like I don't know that 40 degrees that. on I, I, the way to work. You've probably never watched South Park much. but <laughs> It's 40 degrees on the way to work this morning, and the sun was so bright that it was burning my skin. I was like leaning into the middle of the car to get out <laughs> of it. Through your car window? Through my car window, yes. Yeah, you know, you know you're a ginger when you get sunburned through a car window on a road trip. Yes. Which has happened to me many times before. Yep. More <laughs> my, Just my left, left arm. arm. Yeah, my left <laughs> arm gets sunburned just on road trips. <laughs> I'm sorry I don't have that experience. I just could walk out in the sunshine and just become tan. Well, that well, must be nice. <laughs> it must be nice. The worst thing that I've learned now that I'm getting a little older and my hair is leaving my head uh, is the... Uh, pain of a sunburn on your, your scalp. scalp yes. Oh my gosh. That hurts so The bad. scalp and the back of the knees are the worst. It's, it, it's taken me back of the knees. 33 knees. years to realize I need to actually put sunscreen like on my head even though there's still some hair there. I got to spray it down or I'm going to be in so pain. So is that for what like you do? You just spray that down? Yeah, and my uh-huh. hair gets all like clumpy and gross, but I have to put sunscreen it's necessary. in my part. Because yeah. if I if I don't, I'll have a I'll have a burn and okay. then it peels. It hurts. Yeah. So so last <laughs> last podcast, Tiffany, you were talking about wanting to go to the beach. Mm-hmm. So someplace with sand and waves. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like, what prep do you have to do? Do you do you go and just like completely cover yourself up, or do you? She fills the bathtub with sunscreen <laughs> as she jumps in. <laughs> I use a paint roller, but a same thing. <laughs> Oh, that's pretty, that's pretty funny. I do have, um, you know, those like uh, those water shirts. I have mm-hmm. to, I have to wear those. Yeah. Oh, yeah. those are good. Yeah. Well, and they're hot, but um, it also my skin skin doesn't melt off my body, yeah, so it's your fine. Your skin <laughs> appreciates it. <laughs> yep. So vacation talk. We talked about that last time a little bit. Let's continue a little bit more about work. Well, I wasn't going to call them work vacations, but they're not vacation work trips. We always have a little bit of free time on work trips. Tiffany, what do you like to seek out or do when you hopefully will get back to traveling uh, regularly for work? But, you know, in the past, what was your favorite thing to do in your free time, if you had any, on a business trip? So, um, and this is something I really, really miss, is we would make sure that we found somewhere local to eat, not a chain restaurant or Mm -hmm. whatnot, but somewhere local to the area. And we always tried to find something that served uh, local craft beers. So wherever we went, I had a a local craft beer to kind of, you know, see what they're dealing with in the certain areas. So that that's my most favorite thing to do, the thing I miss. And actually, in my experience, the places I've been, Minnesota actually is, is quite high on the local craft beer list there interesting Mm -hmm. well i I think those really cold states don't have much to do in the winter other than drink beer so (laughs) they have some really good ones up there (laughs) chris what about you oh i i would always try to find a way to take a little bit extra time and 
going to go find a local museum or gosh, I've even gone to zoos in different cities. I mean, just something to find out, you know, what, what is the city all about? Um, and if there was food or beer or good wine involved, then, then that was always, uh, that was always fun as well. I mean, many years ago when I was traveling to DC on a regular basis, I would always take a half day and go see the monuments and museums. Mm -hmm. And there was so much to see, but I began to do that everywhere. And I'll tell you, if, if I'm ever in Florida or California, I'm always going to the beach. So find a way, have a hotel that's within driving distance of the beach and go get down on the beach and, and see the ocean waves just to stand there for 10 to 15 minutes and be at peace and listen to what God has to say. It's always a good thing. Of all of our trips to California and Florida, I have never made it to the beach on any business trip. Really? Really. Well, that's bad on me then. We like, gotta fix. We gotta fix that. Didn't bring the sunscreen. Yeah, they didn't have. <laughs> they didn't have paint rollers. In they didn't the hotel have paint rollers. Get you ready. That, yeah, that's funny. So one of the things that I typically always will do if I'm traveling to a bigger or you know a, a major city, um, I've done a lot of traveling to middle of nowhere cities, and there's not this, but I'll always actually. Well, I'll get to this. There's <laughs> always. Uh, I always look up the schedule of. Usually, if it's in the summer, the baseball team of in that city. I love going to new ballparks. I've had the opportunity to go quite a few. A bucket list thing of mine is to go to every ballpark. Uh, but a lot of the ones I've been to are now extinct, and they've built new ballparks. So I don't <laughs> think I'll ever get through the list. But um, but I always like going to, to new ballparks, just being able to experience you know, a, a different atmosphere. Baseball arenas or baseball stadiums are so much different, I think, than you know, football stadiums or, or hockey stadiums because they have their own character. They're, mm -hmm. they're built differently. They're just a different atmosphere. They're, they're built for the atmosphere, not just to sit there and watch the, the, mm -hmm. uh, the, the, game. the game. So, And I, I always like to try a, a craft brew or two at each stadium, too, because that's a, a, a trend now where they have um, some pretty cool craft brew stations throughout the stadium. So that's, that's one of my favorite things. Or we go to Vegas a lot for mm – -hmm. um, for conferences or we used to and it's so always you know reserving an hour or two um every hour or two, oh, no, i'm just kidding <laughs> an hour or two to, to to see what's going on at the roulette table is important too just to just to monitor the situation so. i can tell you what's going on at the roulette table if i'm there they're taking my money so <laughs> yeah, I, well. I quit checking that out yeah, obviously in the last two weeks, um, travel has been on our mind a lot, if you can't tell. So mm -hmm. we, we'd love to get back to traveling. So it's always fun to kind of reminisce and, and and dream about the future of maybe getting getting back to seeing our clients, seeing you guys face-to-face -face again mm -hmm. at conferences or, or at your office, um, and, and also just, you know, getting to spend time with our families in, in different places. So. Yep. Um, as we mentioned last week, we're, we're kind of driving even deeper into the fix it or ditch it uh, mentality and what that really means. We wanted to drive the conversation today into the learning ecosystem, uh, building around what you currently have and maybe not even fixing or ditching, but adding or, or, or building, um, constructing a new ecosystem around uh, what you really have to add to or, or fix what you're, you're maybe potentially um, having hurdles uh, on so so chris set us up with this topic what what is what is a learning ecosystem what does that really mean what are the different elements that go into that and, mm -hmm. and how does it kind of all play into an organization's learning well, process well i'll i'll give you the 
the big consulting answer at the beginning, it depends. It always depends. But that's the awesome thing about looking at a learning and talent ecosystem. It really depends on the needs of the individual business and and what's driving the organization. And how do you go back to that process we talk about all the time? What are the business challenges that are going on? What are the key initiatives that you've got in an organization? Then how do you go match that up to your learning and talent objectives? Now we can begin to go look at technology. And in the ecosystem world, you typically would see I've got a core system, a core LMS, a core uh, talent management system, and I'm big beginning to build around that. And I may have a different user experience or user uh, or employee engagement system um, that's running and operating. We've seen LMSs that are connected to LXPs. I've got an external reporting system. I've got an external career path and career development system. And, and so now the LMS becomes an engine or a driver uh, in the core repository of information uh, that's connected into that. And there's so many other tools that people are getting very creative about what do we build in order to be able to go solve unique problems inside a business. I mean, there's hundreds of learning tools out there Mm -hmm. that can solve process problems. But the question then gets to be, well, how do I go integrate that together and create an ecosystem? So at the basic level, let's just talk about this. You've already got an ecosystem. If you have an LMS and you've got an HRIS and they're connected together, now I've got the beginnings of an ecosystem. But now what we're hearing more and more from organizations is, I know I'm not going to get the money to go replace my learning or talent management system, but I still have these other problems. How do I solve them? How do I begin to build the ecosystem out? What does that look like? That that kind of activity, interest uh, is starting to really ramp up as organizations look at what the needs are uh, going forward. And so this is a different or a variation on the fix it or ditch it. It's almost fix it or ditch it or add to it, <laughs> right? Yep. So, so maybe we can't, we, we didn't, we're not going to be able to ditch it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's one of the things we've talked about before is the money's not there to go ditch it and replace it because there's this huge bubble cost. But I've got a big gap going on. And I'll give you one that we're working on uh, in a variety of places right now. And the current learning management system is not capable of integrating with certain pieces of content or from content vendors. And the content needs to run off of um, the content vendor systems because of a variety of interactivity and those type of things. And so they're beginning to look at it and they're saying, well, this LMS won't work. Maybe another one will. But wait a second. The cost and the time to get from this system to a new system doesn't work, how do I go create an integration, a data flow that allows me to keep my current system, use the new content tool that's out there? So it's it's the content plus the tool plus the interaction plus the assessments. How do I use those pieces together in order to go create an ecosystem? There, are, there have been, gosh, hundreds of new content vendors that have been created over the last year 
during this entire COVID time because everybody's looking for how do I create engaging sure. content mm-hmm. and everybody goes and builds their own tool. And so it's not like, hey, I'm going to go to one of the old time vendors that we already have a pre-built integration, but we begin to look at that and it changes things and it works a little bit differently. That The second place where we see a lot of that going on is all in the reporting. Mm-hmm. What about external reporting tools? I'm not satisfied with the reporting tools I have internally. I need somebody that knows how to report for my inter- industry, life sciences, healthcare, hospitals specifically, mm-hmm. people that know how to report in the, the restaurant and the retail industry or in manufacturing. Sure. And so they're looking for different tools or different templates. Those are also additive pieces to, uh, to that. Um, it, but the biggest one that I think we're seeing out there right now uh, that's, being, that's getting a lot of attention is that most LMSs do an okay to less than average job on career pathing and really being able to have a robust career pathing process. And there's about 10 different vendors that are out there that have built career pathing add-ons mm-hmm. to existing learning and talent platforms that are going to be able to, to go work through that. So that's another expansion point of the ecosystem. And the final one is all around kind of the performance succession models, mm-hmm. which is I want to do something different. So there's a lot of learning systems that are out there, learning management systems that don't have any performance capability. So they didn't go out and buy a full suite system. They just bought a company that's just an LMS. Sure. They have a performance system, but that performance system doesn't integrate with the LMS. But performance is changing. It's not the annual review. It's more of a, I'm a I want to have constant conversations. I want to have a continuous feedback loop. There are a number of really good employee engagement tools that are out there, and now people are looking at those to integrate in the system as well. So the idea of the ecosystem in going and buying a lower-cost tool that can connect in and really drive this level of activity, I think, is is really critical and important for the uh, for the future of the industry because otherwise, people are going to start looking, saying, "Ah, the LMS is a dinosaur." But what you find is I get rid of the LMS and I got all these other tools and I'm like, wait, the core engine that actually makes all of this works is the LMS. Let's go look at an additive solution. So my actual fix versus my ditch is not, hey, I can fix the problem that I have within the LMS. The fix is I can go add on this other piece and it actually solves the business problem Mm -hmm. for me. And now I've got this cohesive ecosystem that really helps me manage the business better, provide more information and data, and I've got happier, satisfied internal customers. So, you know, something that and I'm going to use an analogy, but whenever we leave like an HR um, conference where it's about the HR technology in the industry, it's become clear to me, and I, I think this is just in technology in general, there's there's an app or there's a, a program or there's a system for that, right? So um, kind of I love subscription boxes, really, really love subscription boxes. Basically anything I want mailed to my house as a little gift to me any month that I want, I can find in a subscription box. It's the same thing. Anything you want to do in a technology, mm-hmm. you can find it. The question is, are you looking for that to be part of a bigger system that you already own? Or are you willing to say, you know what, the bigger system I already own 
does 80% of everything that I needed to, and it does it well. We're happy with it. My problem is, is I can't move forward in our steps to, to progress our employee life cycle experience within our organization without these one or two things. There's likely a software or an app or a program that can do it. I mean, the things that we see at these HR technology conferences are, it, it still never ceases to amaze me. And I'm in the industry, right? It's like, oh, wow. Oh, look, we can do that. Oh, wow. Oh, you can integrate that. And then if we integrated that, then, you know, it solves these problems. And so I think that that's the key is kind of looking for that niche piece instead of, you know, throwing the baby out with the bathwater is, is it's critical for clients. Yeah, I think there there's also a question that we can look at and say, can we create an ecosystem without actually integrating it? Mm-hmm. Right? Because as you were talking, mm-hmm. I was thinking, well, what if we don't want to integrate it? We'll just do we'll do things independently. We'll gather data independently, but then we'll have a central reporting system with all the information. Good. That's another data way to begin mm-hmm. to look at it. I know we've got another project that we're working on right now where the tools are not integrated together, but the reporting is integrated together. So the data flow for the integrations comes from the reporting tool. Sure. So it's not a system A is integrated to system B. It's system A is integrated to, to the, the reporting hub. tool, system B to the reporting tool, and the data flow is actually coming out of that central hub. So there's different ways to look at that as well. And some of you may look at this and go, you know what, I can buy this tool it's still part of my learning ecosystem, but it doesn't have to connect together. Mm-hmm. I'm totally okay with that. Um, the things you need to watch out for when you do that is, what's the actual user experience you're creating for your employees and your teams and your partners and anybody else that you're working with? Um, because you wanna make sure that still you're simplifying that process. The easier we make it for everybody, the more utilization we're gonna get out of that process. Yeah, I think, Hearing you say that it makes sense. I think, you know, analogy that I was thinking about while, while Chris was talking, similar to yours, Tiffany, is with technology evolving so much. You know, there's so many different things. It's not just learning technology, of course, but in our lives, technology evolves daily or hourly or every minute. Mm-hmm. Even, it seems like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, TV. TV used to be you turn on your TV, you had a certain set of channels, and that mm-hmm. was it, right? You got to watch those channels, and if something wasn't on the TV guide or in that little magazine of the TV guy that I remember as a kid, if it wasn't listed in there, you weren't watching it that day. Mm-hmm. Now we have Apple TV as our learner, as our TV ecosystem, basically, or smart TV mm-hmm. has all these different apps that uh, you can yeah. pull up all these different services and v- channels and, and everything, but they're not connected, right? So when I watch Gilmore Girls on Prime, it doesn't know that I've watched it in Netflix, so it doesn't keep up with my, you know, where I am. <laughs> so it's just it, it, not being connected does hurt the user experience. Mm-hmm. But I'm totally lost here. You're watching Gilmore Girls? No, I'm, Stay I'm really with not. Us. Stay with us. <laughs> that is not a show that I typically watch, but I know people that do, so it yeah. came to mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyways, so when they're not connected, though, it, you have to really think about. Mm-hmm. Is that okay? Is what the user is doing in one system need to impact what they're doing in the other Agreed. system? Or is it really just the data, the end result that you're looking for and going to combine? Um, because if, 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 it's, if a decision that the user or maybe the manager or supervisor or uh, anyone related to that group or that individual needs to understand or make a decision 
based on what they did in one system into another, then the connection, I think, has to be there um, because it, it'll it'll lose track of what episode of Gilmore Girls they're on. Yeah, I, I like the fact, I like what you're talking about, the, the apps not <laughs> communicating with each other as kind of that analogy of what happens if you don't, integrate mm-hmm. if you don't connect i think one key thing for organizations if they say hey you know what it's not going to harm the user experience in a negative way if these two pieces don't integrate and but the data makes it to the to the warehouse one thing i would advise um people to think about if, if they're going to make that decision is coming back and evaluating that because i've seen so many times in organizations we've worked with where while the decision was made not to connect those two, there was a gap and the administrative team ended up filling that gap and they're doing some sort of heavy lifting or moving using Excel or or doing something to close that gap mm-hmm. instead of coming back and evaluating, we really should have had a connection point. And so it's one of those things, if you make the decision not to do that, have some sort of process where you come back and evaluate six months later or a year later that you've not burdened your admins because Sometimes we have a tendency to solve problems and not realize the long-term impact of how we solve the problem. Yeah. Yeah, so, that, I, I love that thought. Evaluate what's not only the short-term, but the mm-hmm. long-term impact. Because one of the things that happens is, is that we load down the people that are administrating systems because we make short-term mm-hmm. decisions as an industry. Mm-hmm. Let's make a short-term decision. This is going to get it done. Go. But then the mid to long-term impact is enormous because the problem just kind of builds exponentially. Sure. So go evaluate that when you're doing this at the beginning. Um, and, and I think those paths to integrating the data flows are going to become sim- much more simpler, and we're going to see more of an app-driven environment in the future, but you still have to have the core foundation somewhere in order to be able to go connect the app to. So let's talk about the the side of all of these different parts of the ecosystem. A majority of them need to be integrated, and mm-hmm. they need to be connected. So there's integrations, there's data that has to pass from one system to another. There's all these different ways that systems can be integrated. You know, we do a lot of this type of work for our clients, and it could be as simple as, like you mentioned, um, you know, a third-party content provider needs, you at least need to have a shell or, or a piece of that data in your learning, mm-hmm. or in your, mm-hmm. in your LMS, so you know a user took it, even though they're really not taking anything or doing anything inside of the learning management system because they're going to a, a third-party system but you need to understand that that happened, that activity happened and data's getting passed. So it could be a simple SSO over there and then a, you know, a, a daily feed into an FTP that populates my transcript, whatever. Yeah. But more, more advanced, more complex mm-hmm. is, is some, some deeper integrations. What, where, do I, where do I need to start to evaluate that? Is it all kind of within my IT team? Is it all XAPI? X is it, you know, what do I need to understand to make a decision on what technology I use so that I know that the tech, the integration is not going to last a year and a half for me to build out or or never going to happen even though yep. someone promised me it did. Well, I think the, the first thing, this is a fix it or ditch it moment for your existing technology mm-hmm. because there are learning and talent systems 
that have either no API or no programming interfaces to connect with anything else out there, or they're very, very limited. There's some that have great connectability to all kinds of different applications, but it's almost like this is the last thing that they're gonna build or add onto a system because why do you need to connect anything to our system because it does everything for mm -hmm. you. I mean, that's kind mm -hmm. of a vendor approach. But the first thing you have to evaluate is, before you start going down this path is, can my system actually handle integrations? And, and if you don't know how to evaluate that, reach out to us, we'll help you, or find somebody to help you through that process. It needs to be done. You may come to a ditch it moment immediately because you figure out my learning or talent management system cannot integrate to anything. Mm -hmm. There are not the programming interfaces to be able to allow me to do that. There are LMSs that are out there that are like that. So that is a absolute ditch at moment if you're going to go create an ecosystem. And honestly, I would be surprised if there's anybody out there that's not considering an ecosystem um, at this moment. So that's piece number one. Second, how do I begin to go evaluate what that looks like? You have to go back, Bennett, to what in, in your question, you have to go back to the business need. Do I just want to integrate this because it's a nice to have, or is this critical to my business? Mm -hmm. The nice to haves on a separate integration are things that I would avoid initially, and I would go focus on areas that are critical for the business. Mm -hmm. I want to go integrate my LMS doesn't have the capability to do career pathing. There's an external career pathing tool. This is really critical to my business. I need to go integrate it. Now what's the next step in the evaluation process? It's really understanding both vendors yep. and both vendors API capabilities, APIs, application programming interface. It's what you use to go yep. connect these together. I think another and big then thing how to oh, yeah, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, exactly. And then how can they be connected together? This is a place where you want to find somebody who has expertise in the industry and the systems. It's not just programming the interfaces together, but it's ensuring that you get the data flows working together. Another big thing I was going to mention in seeing a lot of this type of um, need with our clients is not only will those two vendors technology talk to each other, but will those two vendors work together? Mm. Uh, you know, people to people. Like that's a big deal. Then salesperson to salesperson, or IT or not, or, or you know, developer to developer, whatever needs to be done. If they're competitors, if they're, uh, we, we see a lot of, you know, tension between that and, and <coughs> difficulty getting things done. If it's not a, if it's not a partnership, or at least two vendors that are, you know, open to discuss and work Absolutely. together to get that done. I would also say, let's not forget, while we know what the vendor or you're learning what the vendor's capabilities are, what are the capabilities that the vendors expect you to have internally mm -hmm. in order for those to the, to set this up? Yeah. If it's just yeah. you and you don't have any IT support, do you have the team mm -hmm. or with, with the knowledge mm -hmm. or access Yeah, to be able to get into and build APIs or build the connection that needs to be done on your side to... To connect. I think that's a very good point. And one of the things we're starting to see is more services that are around those integrations. It's primarily over on the IT side where we're integrating main business systems and it's less on the learning and the talent side. But we want to move over to that learning and talent side and begin to see some of those integrations. The thing we don't want to do is to say, wow, this is so complicated, don't even start it. Because what's more complicated is not solving your business problem. Mm -hmm 
which creates a bigger long-term issue. So really seek out some help and get some understanding of people who are going to work through this process. Um, I think the vendors over the next year to three years are going to find that their future is an integration with a lot of different apps and a lot of different capabilities. Uh, Even looking at the LMS vendors and the LXP vendors who were uh, absolutely battling for market share are now, we're now starting to see a lot of demand. I want this LXP. I got a core LMS. Let's go integrate it together. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing willingness to make that happen. Mm -hmm. Is that an easy process? It's complicated, but it's something that's very, very doable. And if it solves a business problem for you, then you need to go do it. And and the ecosystem is going to work much better because I will promise we talk to a lot of clients and one of the first things that we'll hear out of the mouth is we have unique processes, we have unique needs, and we're a different business and we got to go find a way to work. Great. You're different. You're unique. That's fantastic, which means one size doesn't fit all from the learning and talent that's right. technology that's on the market. Mm-hmm. You're going to need to look at apps and different ways to be able to solve these problems. So again, as you get into fix it or ditch it, it may be that the way to fix is to add, mm-hmm. and that still is different than, hey, let's go ditch it and solve it from from ground zero. So uh, if we look in an order, I would absolutely say, let's see if we can go fix the technology that we have. Let's go add to the technology if we can't fix it. Ditch it would be my last resort. Sure just because of the bubble cost of making that change. Yeah. My favorite thing about working with Blue Water or at Blue Water, for Blue Water, for the last 10 years almost, is we do work with a lot of unique customers. We thousand-plus customers that we've worked with over the years that are unique. But it allows us to learn why they're unique, where they think they're unique but they're not really unique or or at least have similarities, Mm -hmm. and be able to blend all that knowledge together to provide solutions for even the most unique or complex customer. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's that's awesome information. I think um, the learning ecosystem is, is a, like you said, there's a lot of organizations that already have that built out, even if they don't even know it. They have different systems supporting their learning and talent needs and, and priorities, even if they don't talk to each other or if they're, maybe they're getting used in different places across the organization. But it's a key thing to evaluate, key thing to build onto, especially if you're going through the fix it or ditch it process and uh, something we're always here to, to discuss and talk further with, with, with any questions or thoughts. So uh, thanks again for both of your time as always. It's always fun to get to sit down and talk through whatever we're talking through. It's, it's great fun and, and have a little bit of laughs and, and a lot of great conversations. So thanks everyone for, for listening and tuning in today. We appreciate that as always. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and comment and, and leave us some love on the podcast if you enjoyed it uh, today or, or any other days, any other episodes. So we'll catch you next time on the human side of learning and talent technology. Until then, have a great day and we'll talk to you later.